You may have been happier if that song kept playing and my voice didn't come on instead, but I'm here now, so welcome to the show. My name's Evan Brand. I'm the host of Not Just Paleo. If you're new to the show, then welcome. I have a lot in store for you. Over 90 episodes now, which is amazing. Episode 100's coming up. I feel like I'm supposed to do something cool for episode 100, but I don't know what I'm going to do yet. So the question and answer episode that I've been talking about. I think it should be pretty fun. I'm going to try to do a new style to where maybe every other show or every three shows or once a month or something like that, we do a question and answer. I get emails almost every day that may replicate one another in some fashion. So instead of me individually replying to all those in paragraph form, it'd probably be more fun for me to talk about it either with a guest or just myself as a solo episode. So if you have something you've been wanting to get off your mind or some stressor that's popping up or you're struggling with depressive issues or mood issues, sleep issues, I I feel comfortable in all these aspects to address them. And if I don't, then I'll pull somebody on the show to talk about it with me. So today we're talking with Dr. Lauren Noel. She's been on the show before. I hope you enjoy it. And I'll be looking forward to seeing your reviews in iTunes Thanks so much for leaving them. It means a huge bit to me. So it takes two minutes, and that's all I ask in return for providing this content. So thanks, and get to it. All right, I'm back here with Dr. Laura Noel. This is the second time she's been on the show, and I didn't realize it was since October since last time her and I talked. And today we're going to try to talk about digestion and stress and all of the many factors that can influence your gut because I've experienced it and I'm sure she has too. And we're going to dive right in. So thanks for coming back on. Yeah, it's great to be here. Thanks for having me back. Awesome. So I called you to set up our podcast appointment and I was like, okay, my gut is something crazy is going on down here. And I don't know what it is. And then you started recommending, you know, you could do this test, you could do that test, you could do that test. But I guess before we explain that, we should probably tell people, why is the gut so susceptible to stress? Yeah. Well, uh, I think to bring it back to that story, why you, when you called me, I think you happened to have a lot of stress at the time. And although it was good stress, it still is a stress. Right. So I think things you said, you, you gave me a little bit of the update that things have chilled out a little bit since then. And I think it's because you're getting into your kind of daily flow of your life. It's not so, you know, unique of, of a situation. And I, I don't know if you told your listeners of your what was going on at the time. Yeah, well, partially I was just I was on the road driving from Austin to go to Kentucky to go get married. So that was like the week before. <laughs> right. And my gut, you know, that lower right side, I thought my appendix was going to blow up or something because wow. I was in some pretty pretty good pain down there by that hip bone. And it kind of went from there. I started thinking ileocecal valve and all these other terms that I've heard across yeah. the web and things like that. But I still don't know what it was or what it is. But it's better now, right? And that's the only thing that really changed was is le- a little less stress now. Right. Right. So I think that's probably what it was for you. But yeah, I mean, there's such a huge connection with with stress in the gut. And I think, you know, we can probably get into the physiology more a little bit later. But really, I think that the connection is that 
genetically, we're really designed to be at rest most of the time. I mean, that's just our ancestors, you know, many years ago, that was the way that things were for most of the time, except when there was times of stress where they're, you know, running from a predator or hunting or maybe at war. Besides that, they were, you know, hanging out with their people, their tribes, you know, and so we're really designed to be at rest most of the time. And that's when our digestion happens. So when we're under times of stress, our, our body, it doesn't really, it's not giving priority to digesting its food. It's, it's giving priority to shunting blood out to the extremities to run or to, you know, fight, uh, whatever we need to do at that moment. And so digestion doesn't really become priority anymore. But unfortunately, most of us are in that state all the time. So uh, I think that's a big reason why so many digestive disorders are on the rise now, or not even just like real, you know, diseases, but just, you know, just symptoms we deal with, you know, gas, bloating, constipation, diarrhea, I mean, things like that. Maybe you don't have a full-blown disease, but your digestive function isn't as good as it could be because of just living in, you know, the 21st century with all the stress we have now. And and we'll get more into it, but I think the biggest thing is our our, our way of dealing with the stress, not necessarily the actual stress. Yeah. So, I mean, do you think people treat it differently? Do some people take stress to their guts and then others take it to their head or something like that? I think so. I mean, I hear that a lot from patients. They'll say, I, I mean, I even ask this question too. In my health questionnaire, I ask, you know, uh, what's your stress level and how do you feel your stress? And some people say, I feel it in my shoulders. Other people, I clench my jaws. And a lot of us, including myself, feel stress in the midsection. And, you know, I, I feel like knots in my stomach or butterflies in my stomach, or I'll feel like a tightening of my chest even. Um, but, but yeah, and there's, there's an entire nervous system in your digestive tract. So it's, it's rightfully called the second brain, you know, is, is your gut. So absolutely. There's, there's neurotransmitters that are in your gut. There's a, a very clear gut brain connection. So if there is that stress, then it's absolutely affecting the gut and you can experience that in, in your, in your gut. Yeah. Have you done anything with vagus nerve stimulation? I just got done reading about it, how you can either hum or sing or gargle really loudly to try to stimulate your vagus nerve to help you out. Yeah. Yeah, absolutely. Yeah. You can try to yawn. You can try to gag yourself. <laughs> uh, that will help to stimulate your, your vagus nerve. Yeah, absolutely. And that can help to reset some of that parasympathetic tone. So is that, that's what it's doing. It's just kind of chilling you out. Yep, exactly. It's stimulating the, the, the vagus nerve, which is the parasympathetic nervous response. That's the opposite of what, what I just described. So that fight or flight is your sympathetic nervous uh, response, and that's where you're you know, running from a tiger or you're fighting, and that's our adaptive uh, mechanism to deal with stress. And then there's the parasympathetic, which is the rest and digest. We're meant to be there most of the time. Um, and so doing those kinds of things, like you mentioned, can help to promote more of that nervous system uh, response. Yeah. So, I mean, how do we cultivate a healthy gut or a healthy lifestyle, I guess, to shape our gut because it seems like we're not really programmed for jumping on airplanes and traveling cross country and paying attention to the news with 50 stories thrown at us. It's almost like everything is against our gut and against our stress response. 
Yeah. You know, I used to really be of, of the mindset that, oh my God, we need to just try to cut back as much stress as we possibly can. And that we're, you know, we can't handle all of this stress. And I've started to adopt a bit different of a, of a mindset with that. I think that we can handle a lot. I think we're very resilient as humans. We can, you know, really develop that grit where we can just handle things. And I think our response to it, our attitude towards stress is what really needs to change. So stress is, in the definition is it's any real or perceived threat and it's our response to it. So I think that the, you know, like looking at your to-do list for the day, for example, you can look at your list and go, Oh my gosh, look at all these things I have to do. I can't handle this. This is a big mountain. I can't climb versus looking at it and going, Oh, this is an opportunity for me to bring it. You know, I'm going to crush it today. I'm going to make a difference for people. And I, and I think, I think one of the biggest reasons why people feel so stressed is because they're not inspired by what they do. They don't love what they do. They, they go through the day just dragging through what they need to do and they just hate it. And it's like, they're just, you know, I mean, just hating their life. You know, I think that you can handle a lot of stress if you love what you do. So there's, there's a lot, I think about the way that you look at the stress. Um, absolutely. It, it, I think that, um, taking time for breaks is, is important, taking vacations, all that kind of stuff. But if you design a life that you love, you don't, you're not going to rely on those vacations as much. It's sort of going to feel like more of a vacation every day, if that makes sense. So I think one of the things that people can do is, is put into your day, um, ways that you can be more mindful. I think that's more of, of something that would make a big difference. So, um, mindfulness, um, meditation, deep breathing, if that's not your cup of tea and that's just something you would hate to do, then just get out and get, go into nature, you know, go for a walk. I'm a huge believer and supporter of walking every day. Um, I really think that that's something our ancestors did all the time when they were maybe coming back from hunting or coming back from battle or for the women in the village, they would be the gatherers. I think that we're really designed to do a lot of walking and we don't do that a lot. Now we jump in our car, we go to work, we sit at a desk all day, we jump in the car and go home and we do it all over again. So I really think that the, you know, the, uh, the psychology that we have is very much affected by getting that movement. And that would make a really big difference in not only our, you know, our mindfulness and our ability to handle stress, but also our, our digestion too. So throwing in something in your day, that's a daily, it needs to be a daily practice, walking, mindfulness. Um, and I can get into later some of the other things that would be, you know, great options too, but it's gotta be a daily practice, I think. Yeah. It's, I'm glad you brought up the, the lifestyle part because people tell me, I take this supplement, I take this supplement, I do walk, I do meditate, but I work third shift as a nurse and yeah. mm -hmm. it's super stressful and I basically hate every second of my life and they wonder why they don't get results or they're still depressed or they still have diarrhea and it's it makes sense how your passion or lack of passion for life, I mean if your heart's not in it, it's hard for your gut to be in it too. For sure. I mean, you take that nurse, take two nurses, one who absolutely loves their job. They work the night shift. I think their physiology response to those particular stressors is going to be very different from someone who goes to work and absolutely hates what they do. So yeah, I think that's really, really powerful. Yeah. So I guess we should talk about supplements a little bit because I've tried out some different things just, I don't know, as part of my life. I have a drawer. You probably have a drawer too, or you probably have a whole miniature pharmacy of, of nutraceuticals over there, but I've tried things like 5-HTP and other supplements. What 
is beneficial for your clients that you've used? It's almost like a blanket supplement that you can talk about for gut health. So, um, well, I would say kind of across the board, a, a good probiotic is, is important. Um, I've, I've in the past used a good product from orthomolecular medicine called orthobiotic powder. I've used that with a lot of people. I typically start most patients on a good smoothie, either a liver cleansing smoothie or a gut healing smoothie, depending on what kind of approach we're going for and what they're dealing with. It's just a great place to start. It's a high level of nutrition. It's absorbed very well, you know, something they can start their day with. And then in the smoothie, we'll typically add in a good probiotic. So I've had good results with that particular probiotic. It's about 30 billion microorganisms, um, and it has lactobacillus and bifidus. So it's a good balance of the two. And I don't find that it bloats people up. Sometimes probiotics can cause some bloating and some digestive issues. Um, so I've used that a lot. And then I've started using a lot more of, um, of, uh, what's it called? Uh, prescriptocyst. It's a soil based probiotic. I heard about it through a patient who heard about it through Chris Cresser and he's awesome. So I, oftentimes try things that he talks about and, you know, either find they work great or maybe not. And I just kind of find my own, um, take on it. But most of the things he recommends are pretty right on. And that was one probiotic that he recommended that I've had great results with it for myself and also my patients. Um, so, and that's been helpful, especially for patients who tend to have a little bit more constipation. I find that that can help kind of move things a bit better. Um, and you know, I mean, the reality is, is that we're, again, genetically designed to have a lot of these, you know, um, dirt and bacteria in our food. And so we clean our food so much that we're oftentimes washing a lot of that off and we're just not eating the kind of diet that we're really designed to eat. So having more of those kinds of probiotics can be very helpful. In addition to also having good, you know, fermented foods daily, if you like to do that, a lot of people don't really like it. So it's a nice way to get some nutrients in without having to rely so much on the diet. Yeah. So say you have your gut health there, you got good gut flora, but you're still super stressed. I feel like the stress is going to override any input of good, good gut flora there. So do you, where do you add in something like 5-HTP or maybe some adaptogens or where do you add in magnesium? Or it's, it's almost like I'm trying to frame it to where if you're calming yourself down, by calming yourself down, you're going to be able to heal your gut because you're not going to have as much stress getting sent down there. Absolutely, for sure. And I will start by saying that before I jump into 5-HTP or any supplements, you got you got to take care of the things we we talked about just a few minutes ago. It's just relaxing and having those mindfulness techniques. And I and I've seen for patients they'll they'll add in walking every day, and boom, their digestion's great. So you got to really take it back to like what's the root cause? If it's because you're stressed, because you have take no time to actually relax, then that's that's what needs to be addressed first. So assuming that that's taken care of and that's addressed. And some other options. One thing I use for patients a lot is serine, um, specifically phosphatidylserine. I use a product called PS100. Um, that happens to be from Pure Encapsulations. And that can be really helpful just to kind of calm down the brain and wind things down a bit. Doing that before bedtime, one or two capsules at bedtime um, can be really helpful because if you're just running on high cortisol all day long, cortisol we know will actually slow down the digestive tract and can cause leaky gut and a lot of different problems. So having that high cortisol response you know, dampened uh, can be really helpful also to have you feel relaxed but then you're digesting your food better. Yeah, so you basically alluded to don't be a cheater when it comes to your health. Right. You need to walk first before you want all the little secret pills and potions. Yeah, and it's cheaper, right? It doesn't cost yeah. anything. So save some money, and you know there's a lot of other benefits we probably don't even know about. Yeah, it just seems like the whole community that we're surrounded in, it's we want the quick fixes now. But 
in reality, I, what I'm trying to start to do, and not that I'm the, the guru here, but I'm trying to start relying less on supplements and start relying more on listening to how I'm feeling and actually maybe lay down on like my acupressure mat that's been super helpful lately and then last time you talked to me about the dry skin scrubbing yeah i'm Have trying you been to doing that? well I've, i haven't got a brush but i read something that even like scratching your skin with just your nails is beneficial so totally or just using a towel you can um wash a towel and then just let it air dry and that'll make it kind of a rough towel and that works great too so that's why it feels so good when you get out of the shower just to kind of Totally. Scrub all over your back. What are you doing there? You're, you, you talked about it last time, but basically you're stimulating the lymph system. Exactly. So the lymphatic system, that's what drains your blood. So you have more lymph in your body than you do blood. And that's a big part of like when you have um, like a water retention or like swollen ankles, swollen legs, especially someone who sits a lot or even people who stand all day long, like maybe hairdressers. Um, so helping to move that lymphatic tissue can be really helpful. And it's a great part of detoxification. So your lymphatic system is known as an amunctory and amunctory is an elimination route. So you have your liver, you have your kidneys, your skin, your lymphatics are very important for draining the blood and helping to clean, clean your body out. So you want to always move those, you know, those, uh, fluids and that's what massages do or the dry skin brushing is another example of doing that. There's some great videos on YouTube of how to do it. I'm sure. Um, but it's very, it's very invigorating. It's a part of the detox program I have patients do is, um, including the, the lymphatic, um, massage. That's cool. So can you, yeah. pu- can you push out heavy metals by doing that? Or is- um, it's a good question. I mean, you do store heavy metals in the tissues, also in the bones. So it may have a, a little bit of, of a heavy metal detox, but probably not to a high degree, I would say. Cause see, here's where I'm at now. I'm trying to figure out, we have so many toxins coming in our toxic load is so huge that even somebody who's doing everything right, they could still be screwed because they have an underlying toxic load. And it's almost discouraging because I don't know how you're supposed to handle that. I mean, you could do all these detox measures and drink extra water and you could, I don't know, take spirulina chlorella and other little minor things like that. But it's almost, I feel like we're heading up a paddle or heading up a creek with no paddle that that little saying where we're in an increasingly toxic environment i mean are we able to become optimal in the future or do you think that we're basically just preventing disease at this point mhm yeah i mean it's it's a great question i think i think there's a lot of factors to that you know i think it depends on the cards you're dealt when you're born if you have you know, ideal genetic makeup that you can handle things more. I mean, there are people who are more resilient when they're born than others, for sure. I mean, that's true. Um, but, but I would say that I would say that if you're doing the best you can with having clean water and you're doing, you know, I have patients do a detox twice a year, so that's going to really help to keep things cleared out. And I mean, we do know that, like, for example, eating organic, if you eat organic for one to two weeks, you reduce your exposure of blood pesticides by over 90%. So there is a there is a lot you can do with your diet and with detoxification. There really is, and you know, increasing um, outcomes of of childbearing. You know, I mean, doing detox programs before having a baby it really does increase the chance chances of having a healthy baby. So, you know, I try to keep a real, I guess, um, you know, positive outlook on that rather than like a doom and gloom kind of thing because it's easy to go, oh my god, like there's so many chemicals and pesticides and heavy metals and all this stuff, like why even try, right? Um, versus like do what you can, eat as healthy as you can, drink the healthiest water you can, you know, 
maybe don't live in the middle of a city and, you know, and, and be exposed to those kinds of chemicals. If you can, there's a lot that we can do. And then detoxing, detoxing a couple of times a year. I think it, I think you can really set yourself up for a long, healthy life. Well, that's good. I'm glad that you put a positive spin. Cause for me, the more I hear, you know, I've been interviewing so many different people from different walks of life and using different lenses to look at health. And when you keep adding up, I mean, it's almost a double-edged sword to have this information because I know you have a podcast too that's that's great and you interview people so you're getting all these other inputs of other people's aspects and to try to look at all that knowledge and come yeah. out positive, it's kind of tough sometimes. Yeah. So The lenses you wear are really up to you. I mean, if you take the same world you're looking at and put on a lens of disease and you know doom and gloom and um you know just people dying and symptoms and you know all of that versus you look at the same world and and look at all the beauty in the world and look at all the fun and and people you love and all this stuff i i really believe that that second person is going to live longer i think the mind is so powerful and you look at people who live past 100 have you ever looked at like go online and and watch on youtube videos of of centenarians centenarians or centurions i would say wrong i think it's centenarians yeah people live past 100 they're laughing they are just they they just they're funny they look at the funny sides of life you know it's i remember seeing a interview on the news it was a uh, best friends. I think they were two women, best friends. They were in, over a hundred years old and they were talking about their life and, you know, what made them live so long. And they could really get through the interview without just cracking up the whole way through because they're just having that. such a good time, you know? Yeah. So I really, I, I, laughter is the best medicine, you know? Yeah. That's funny. Those same two ladies, I think they ended up getting picked up by Virgin or somebody sponsored them and they ended up doing like a hot air balloon. I can't even say it without <laughs> laughing, but, but they put these, they put them on a, a hot air balloon ride and <laughs> they had never flown at all before. So they put them on the hot air balloon ride. They were just dying laughing the whole time. And then they put them on an airplane and sent oh, them somewhere. The I saw the airplane one. Yeah. And one lady was really serious. I don't know if these were the same ladies over a hundred. Maybe it was the same people, but I did see women that I think they were like in their eighties and they that, had never yeah. flown and they were one of the ladies was so funny and she was just cracking up the whole time made it you know a lot more fun for the other the other woman is very reserved and she you know her she's like oh i don't know my, my husband might miss me you know she was like really concerned about being on the plane and the other one was just like let's do it woohoo and then they were and then afterwards they were at a amusement park going on roller coasters and <laughs> it's just so cute yeah. i love I, su- yeah. I suggested that at next year's paleo fx that we should have both drum circles and laughter yoga I love it. Yeah. Let's do it. I'm all about it. I talked to Michelle. I told her afterwards, I'm like, if we're going to, if we're touting ourselves as primal and paleo and all that, but yet we're not engaging in tribal activities, we're missing the point because we're just talking. That's what I said on, uh, on stage. Cause I, I did a talk on stress and I was like, I feel like telling people about things like you and I talking right now, we're talking and talking but the, the the real magic is from the action yeah, of us doing sure. stuff. Well, I want to do a drum circle with you, so let's make it happen. That would be fun. <laughs> well, yeah, so, so let's, let's talk about 5-HTP, though, a little bit because I've used it before, and I know it's, it's kind of gray area for some people because of antidepressants and other things that could be affecting neurotransmitters and stuff. So, of course, people need to do their research on that, but – how would 5-HTP play a role in your gut health? Because it's helped me mentally, but supposedly it can help you with digestion too. Is it just relaxing your your gut? How is that working? 
Has it helped your digestion? It has before. Okay. I, I don't have it right now, but... Right. but. Well, one of the things we know is that serotonin is in the gut, actually over 90% of it. And some people say up to 95 or 98% of your serotonin is in your digestive tract. And that helps to uh, promote motility of the gut. So um, that's one of the things that 5-HTP helps to do is convert into serotonin. It's the precursor to make serotonin. So that's the, the reason why it can help with that. And also there is a relaxation component of it as well. Um, but I, I interviewed Dr. Dan Kalish this last Tuesday on our radio show and on um, my podcast, Dr. Low Radio. And we talked actually a good extent about using neurotransmitters or amino acids um, for neurotransmitter balance. And I'm, I'm a big fan of 5-HTP. However, you always want to use it with tyrosine. Um, the dosages really depend on the person. And it can help symptomize to self-treat, but it can really cause some imbalances of other neurotransmitters. So I do think that with something like, um, you know, affecting neurotransmitters, you want to work with a doctor to do that and get it tested and actually have it, you know, um, monitored. So, um, yeah, I just don't think it's one of those things you want to just experiment with. Yeah, that's a good point. See, I've always wondered about neurotransmitters. That's by, I'm going to have to get him on my show eventually, but that's one of my favorite topics of all time because it's, yeah. it's almost like we're like a flesh vehicle of hormones and neurotransmitters when you break it all down. And bacteria, 10 times more bacteria than us. Right. Is <laughs> it is. So, but if you start supplementing in things, I, I feel like I may know the answer to this already, but mm -hmm. if you add things in, is it possible to, so say you're at like a six, right? On a, on a, on a scale of one to 10, you're at a six. Mm -hmm. Your neurotransmitters are lacking a bit. So you boost them up. Now, mm -hmm. You pull out the neurotransmitters. Is it possible to go back down below that original baseline, that six where you were at, because you added stuff in, or does it not work like that? Well, I would say it's a little less of a degree than if you were taking like an SSRI, for example, because that's you know flooding the receptors with the neurotransmitter. It's preventing the reuptake, and so that that really affects things more so if you're doing a medication than if you're just taking the precursor for it. Um, but you know, there is, I think that the biggest thing that can happen is if you, if you really push one pathway more so with, with the precursor, like for example, 5-HTP that can over time deplete the, um, production more of dopamine. So you can get a dopamine deficiency. So it's really like a teeter totter with serotonin and dopamine. And they're, they're really important to have in a healthy balance with each other. Um, and they, they both have very specific, you know, symptoms that can come along with that. That's why I think doing it in a healthy balance with a doctor is the important part of that. Yeah. See, so are there certain, I don't know, certain people or places that people should go to? Because I feel like if you just went to the average doctor at some regional clinic down the street and I said, hey, man, I want to get help balancing my neurotransmitters, he's, he'll probably laugh in my face, A, because I'm a young guy and he wouldn't expect somebody to know about it, and B, because they may not know themselves. So what do we do? Right. Well, from a conventional medicine standpoint, the only way to test neurotransmitters is to get a spinal tap, which is a needle into your back and actually pull out, you know, cerebral spinal fluid and measure it from there. So that you don't want to do probably <laughs> uh, that might not feel so good. Yeah. So, so yeah, it's not really looked, looked at, um, with a lot of, uh, validity from the conventional medical, you know, realm, but working with the, with the functional medicine doctor a naturopathic doctor, many of us know about it. I work with patients all over the country. Uh, we do urine testing to measure for that. So you can measure your serotonin, your dopamine, um, your 
uh, GABA, which is your calming neurotransmitter, your um, epinephrine, norepinephrine, all of these you can test in your urine and then retest and actually see how things have changed. So, um, so yeah. So, I mean, I can work with people over the phone. Um, I, I know Dr. Kalish also, also works with patients as well. Okay. So are urine tests pretty accurate? They actually are. Yeah. We, I really do see that they do pan out clinically pretty closely. So that the symptoms a person will have showing up with the results in their urine test, it's, it's pretty amazing how much it, it, it matches up. I may have to talk with you about doing that or seeing if you know somebody down here that I could do sure. it. Yeah. Yeah. I'd be happy to. I mean, there's really no limitation to doing it over the phone because we just mail you the kit. You collect your pee at home, you send it into the lab and then we get the results and we can go over it over the phone. So yeah, it's, it's pretty awesome. And, and what we're measuring with that, we're not measuring what's happening in the brain. It's actually your peripheral neurotransmitters. And like I said, you have that big connection between the gut and the brain. So, you know, it's, it's pretty real. I mean, if you can think the times where you feel stress, you feel it in the gut, there's, there's a lot more going on throughout the body when you're having these neurotransmitters out of balance beyond just what's going on in the brain. So that's what we're measuring. Ah, so it almost sounds like it's smarter to measure this than if you were able to take some kind of brain measurement. Probably. I mean, you, 3% of your serotonin is actually in the brain. The rest of it is in your periphery, in the, you know, outside of the, the brain. Wow. So, yeah. I know. Fascinating. That's- I actually learned that this past Tuesday on the radio show. <laughs> so That's exciting. Yeah. I hope everybody else gets excited about this stuff because it, it gives us hope because I think that's kind of the overwhelming message that you're providing with your place because you, you're down in San Diego, right, with Shine Natural Medicine, which people yeah. which people can and should look up because apparently you just got some photo shoots done of your pretty face and all that. So, <laughs> Yeah, we did a, a fun photo shoot today with the, with the girls at the clinic and uh, you know, the, the, the office is not a scary doctor's office. It's very happy. It's bright colors. It's fun. We know your name. We remember you. You know, it's just so much fun to come to work. It's, it's a blast. And I, I mean, when I'm talking about earlier about loving what you do, I mean, I really love what I do. I love coming here. I love coming to work. It's, I had the option of doing all phone appointments and, you know, working from home. And I tell you, the year that I worked from home, I was, I felt depressed. It gets lonely. So, it gets very lonely. So being at work is, it's a blast for me working with girls. I love there. It's just, it's so much fun to come to work. Yeah. yeah. I don't know if you take questions. Do you take questions for your podcast? Sure. Yeah. Well, I was going to say, if you don't have the option now, you should put the option to have audio questions come in for your podcast. I'm trying to get people to switch to that because yeah. sitting behind a screen all day, I mean, it's awesome to be able to see you, but of mm-hmm. course the real thing in person's the best. Yeah. But people don't understand that you and I like looking at emails and looking at questions in the digital format. It's very disconnected. It's very lonely. And I just wrote about that the other day, how I feel like we're getting more connected to each other digitally and with technology. And we have all these lab abilities and we can connect with other doctors and other healthcare people and stuff like that. But at the same time, you could feel so isolated, even though everybody's at your fingertips. Yeah, it's crazy because with my podcast, you know, we'll have like 10,000 people listen to the show and yet it feels like there's no one listening because it's just me talking to my computer. So it's funny how that works, but we do it. The, the radio show is live. So we do get people calling in and asking live questions, but, uh, it's nowhere near as many questions as we get on Facebook or email or Twitter questions. So yeah, I mean, that's a really good idea. Having people actually call in and, and maybe, maybe like something that Dan Savage does with his radio shows, he'll have people call in and leave a message on a, a, a voicemail and then he'll upload that for the show. So yeah, I think that's a good idea. I might have to do that. Yeah, that's what I have. It's called speak pipe. Oh, speak pipe. Cool. Speak pipe, like a pipe. pipe. Yeah. Like it, oh. like the voice comes through the pipe. Yeah. Okay. And, Thanks. and that way people can, because I feel like we're at, okay, so 2014, obviously things are changing for you 
at work. Everything's changing. We're in this great time of change. We're learning so much. The food system is changing. Society's changing. You know, things are becoming, in my opinion, things are becoming more primal. Everything's getting kind of rowdy out there. You can just, <laughs> you can just sort of sense that something's going on. And I feel like the key, and I'm going to let you, you know, chime in and, and, and throw your take, but I think the key to maintaining whether it's good gut health or low stress or a high capability to handle stress, like you said, mm-hmm. it has to take passion and unity with all of us. We're all in this thing together. None of us are getting out of it alive. We, while we're here and we have each other, we really got to try to nurture these relationships and start. I don't know what else we can do. I mean, podcasts are great and all that. These health conventions, AHS and all these things where we can meet in person are great. But people are still craving something more. And mm-hmm. I don't know what that is yet. Yeah, I think that the, the biggest focus that we need to have is on community and connection with each other. And I mean, I have this here at my clinic, which I love. And I think you have to really make a big effort to do that because it's so, it's so easy nowadays to just go through your day and really not talk to many people and just look at your phone all day long or texting or Facebook or Instagram, which I love now, you know, there's so many ways to go (laughs) through your day and be so pseudo connected, but have no real intimacy or connection. So you know, having that community with each other and making it a point to have that human interaction and and touch every day. So hugging each other and it's, it really, it really takes a lot of effort now to do that. Um, and you know, I've, I've done a lot of different kind of like, uh, you know, personal growth and development work. And, you know, I've done a lot of work with landmark, um, education, which I love. And there's different courses we take where you're just looking at each other eye to eye, just the, the eye contact thing. I mean, it's just eye contact, right? Such a, such a basic thing that is so lacking with all the things with email and text and all of that. So, um, you know, I think just making that a point and making that a real, um, uh, priority of connecting with each other. You know, I mean, I have girlfriends that we're, we're, we're busy, but we make it a point to have breakfast every week. Um, and you know, we're putting on the calendar to make that something we're doing every week. Um, cause we need it. We need each other. You know, we really do. So that human connection, I think, is just so healing, and um, and it's something that we're starving for. Yeah, it gives me goosebumps thinking about it and hearing you talk about it because it makes us seem like we're separated from our tribe. You know, people live across the country from their own parents or their brothers and sisters, and then you realize, man, I'm I'm pretty alone. Yeah. Even though you could have all that, my ideal dream, which may never happen, would be to find some place where we could agree on in the United States or wherever and bring you and all of your doctor friends and all of my doctor friends and everybody, and we create a sustainable community where everything's local there. We have some farmer guys that come in, and they want help with neurotransmitters. So you hook them up with the urine test, and he provides you with some bones for your soup. And just a completely safe and protected thing because right now we're still, you know, we're very vulnerable to outside forces where we could still get our locally raised food and eat with the seasons and this whole idea, but we're still just a niche right. fit into the to the grocery store. Now we have our own category of foods that are healthier for us and stuff like that, but I still feel like we're super far away from separating from the unsustainability of the rest of the ecosystem that is the mainstream food and 
society, you know? So yeah. I don't know if I you have love, any input on that. I would love something like that. My, my, um, you know, good friend Drew Canoli here in San Diego, he, um, something he's talked a lot about is having something where we can all live on the land. And, you know, I've had another um, couple of friends talk about doing something like that, where we all live in a you know, similar area and we can all kind of bring our strengths to the table and help each other out. And I would love something like that. I've actually been in the process of apartment hunting for the last like two to three months. And it's been daunting because it's, you know, there's, I can find something where I can live by myself in one of those big cookie cutter complexes, but I know how it's going to be. I'm not going to know my neighbors and people are going to be busy coming and going. And I want to find something where I can be really planted in a neighborhood and really know people. So it's been, it's been hard looking, you know, finding what I'm looking for. Um, cause I know it's going to affect my quality of life so much. I recently went to Iceland about a month and a half ago. I was there for about 10 days, um, just a last minute trip. I went by myself to Iceland, which was amazing and highly recommended if anyone listening ever gets the chance. But one of the things that really struck me was uh, how connected people were there to each other. So pretty much every Icelandic person I met their whole family lives in Iceland for the most part. You know, they see them on a regular basis. They're their brothers, their their parents. I mean, I just I was like so envious of that. <laughs> you know, just to have your people, your tribe there, and um, and Icelandic people are are amongst the happiest in the world. I think there's a lot to it. I think you know they have healthier food than we do, and they have like just super super clean water they can drink just from the bathroom faucet. Um, you know, they have a lot less fast food and all of that, but they actually drink, I think as much or even more Coca-Cola than we do per capita, (laughs) which is so, it was so surprising to learn that, but they, um, they're just so connected to each other. And I, I got a lot out of that. And since I came back, I've been really trying to make it a point to be more connected with people and spend more time with my girlfriends and enjoy where I live so much more um, than I did before. So, but it was it was amazing. It really stood out. Yeah, it makes you realize that growth doesn't necessarily equal progress. Like a place like Austin or San Diego, where you are, they've grown and changed so much that we can mistake growth and productivity and all these new companies popping up and startups and all that. We can think that that's progress, but if we're disconnecting from people and ultimately becoming unhappier, although our life is so convenient, we can order organic groceries to our door from our iPhone pretty soon. Yeah. Yeah. I see Iceland as even though they seem like they're so behind us in technology and all this stuff, I see them as way ahead of us because they, they got their priorities so, and nothing's going to replace the human connection. I don't care how, 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 you know, innovative we get with our technology. It's nothing is going to replace it. Right. I'm going to send you my article that I just wrote yesterday. It's what is life really about? And mm-hmm. one of my little subheadings in there is, uh, blood is our tribe. And it just talks about how you got to be around your blood if possible, have that your DNA expects it. We've never been, mm-hmm. we've never had the opportunity to separate from our close friends and family and our tribe. And so by I'm try, I'm like thinking like epigenetically here by being around your blood or your your DNA that that's pleasing to it and you start to have like a a better stress response because when I went back and I was with my grandparents in Kentucky for that week and I was seeing all these people in the flesh again it was a huge relief I mean so much stress just disappeared but then as soon as I come back and I'm here isolated again while I love it here in Austin the blood's not there mm. so. It's fascinating. I'd love to read that. Okay. Well, yeah. I'll send it to you. I got to let you get off here. You got somebody to take care of here in a minute. But before we go, thank you so much. 
Of course. It's my pleasure. It's, it's a blast being here. And I, I love that our, our conversations are more than, you know, what's, what's a supplement good for, you know, for pooping good, <laughs> you know, it's like, let's, let's talk about what it's really about. And, you know, I know we're, we're, are, we're really wanting to focus on stress and digestion, but I think that, I think what, what it all comes down to is, is your quality of life and what makes you shine and having a good digestion is going to help you get the nutrients in your diet. Obviously you're going to feel better, but it's like ultimately so you can live the life that you want and, and you can feel good to be present for those around you and to wake up with energy and go to sleep, you know, restfully and all, all of that. So it's nice to always keep it, keep the uh, focus on what's, what's really important about all of this. You know what I mean? Definitely. Yeah. I took you all over the place today, but if, <laughs> but if you had anything else that you wanted to, to mention on any of these topics and of course tell people where they can find more about you, do all of that. Yeah. So, um, you can find me. So I'd love to have you guys listen to the podcast. It's drlowradio.com. So we do a podcast every Tuesday. Um, I think we've done a hundred and something shows at this point. Um, it's been great. And about me, drlaurennoel.com. I uh, work with patients here in San Diego locally and also all over the country. So if you are wanting to feel better and really get to the root of what's going on, I'd be happy to work with you. It's not your typical, you know, seven minute doctor's visit. It's, it takes some time and really get to know you and what, what it is that lights you up and what it is that, you know, you've been dealing with. And, um, it's, I really try to be the doctor I wish I had when I was sick back in the day. And, um, so it's a lot of fun and I would be honored, you know, to be a part of that. Awesome. Well, thanks. And I look forward to either seeing you in person or talking with you virtually again. Totally. And keep me updated on how things are going with you. And if you come to San Diego, look me up. I'd love to see you. All right. Thanks. Take care. Have a good day. You too. Okay. Bye. bye. I hope you enjoyed that show. It makes me sound like a little schoolboy when I see a beautiful woman like Dr. Noel on the screen. So if you haven't checked out her page yet, you can. It's Shine Natural Medicine. That's her website where you can get a hold of her if you need any advice or help with consulting your own digestive issues or whatever type of problems you may have. And like I said, I do a lot of consulting Ever since rim rehab's been done, I've had more time to do it, but if you want something addressed publicly that may help other people, then feel free to visit the website, notjustpaleo.com, and you'll see a little button there right under the podcast artwork that says, Submit an Audio Question. You can do that, or you can just use my About page. There's a contact form there, and you can send a question via text, email, whatever you'd like to call it. And I'm accumulating these, and I may either get a bunch and then just do kind of a rapid fire, or I may just get a few and then do a really long-winded answer on what you can do about your issues, whether it's stress, job-related issues. Maybe you want to become a health coach yourself. You don't know how to get started. You don't know how to be confident enough with your information. You know, the thing that you got to remember is just a short time ago, there were no such thing as certifications. You know, there's a lot of these certification programs popping up. I know Mark Sisson, he's launching one here pretty soon, and Rob Wolf's launching a certification program. So it's going to become the new gold standard to where people have to have some sort of piece of paper to actually feel like they're comfortable. But that doesn't necessarily mean that something's wrong with you if you don't have a piece of paper and that you don't know what you're talking about. Oftentimes, it's quite the opposite. Uh, Noted with my buddy Jimmy Moore, who does not have any sort of label attached to his name or a doctor or anything like that, but yet he wrote a great book recently. So 
Uh, just thinking out loud here, but if you want some help or you want to throw some questions my way, just send them over through the website. And if you don't have a question, then I am ready for you to do your part to support this show. Head over to iTunes. I know you see it pop up on your iPhone or your computer, wherever you listen. Click on the Write a Review tab. Add some stars. Write something in there. I would love to see reviews. I get reviews every week, and if I don't, it bums me out because then the show falls down in the rankings, then this information doesn't get out to people, and then I don't know how I'm doing. So I look forward to seeing your reviews there, and I'll talk to you next week. we got a guy from NASA coming on the show, which is going to be awesome, talking about a satellite that they just launched that's checking the health of our atmosphere on the planet. So very fun stuff. Talk to you next week. Take care. Bye. All through my days at school, I often think of you, my darling baby. You're always in my head. That's why I can't wait to go to bed. To close my eyes and visualize you right by my side.